1: So, AEW Dynamite has a new theme song and it goes like this Whoa, whoa, AEW Dynamite (laughs) That's not true at all, I just wanted to be a fool Also hello my friends and welcome to Ups and Downs for AEW Dynamite The show where I, Simon Miller, pop up on your YouTube screens that I'm stuck in my box And I tell you what I liked and what I didn't like from the world of professional wrestling I know. How did I get... Who the hell am I? Sounds like when I go home for Christmas. But it was the Four Pillars who were doing some pillaring at the start of Dynamite. What does that even mean? Because Jungle Boy came to the ring. He was going to say some stuff. And before he could say anything, Sammy Guevara came to the ring. And then he was going to say some stuff. And before he was able to say anything, Darby Allen came to the ring. So do not forget, this means that when they were backstage and Jungle Boy went out, Sam ran in and he was like audio guy play my music now quit and he went out and then darby allen ran in he was like oh okay look. now that he's gone play my music too it's all wrestlers crazy crazy i suppose it was the last person in is the first person to chat because darby got on the mic and he was like sammy i'll tell you this i actually quite like you we go back a long way but you ain't nothing but a follower man look at you hanging out with the jericho appreciation society he's basically your boss And that's why you don't deserve to be the world champion. Alan was just in full-on shots firing mode, too. Because then he turned to Jungle Boy and he said, It's the same for you, you curly-haired warrior. I don't think you deserve it either because you were just in the California clique. So when AEW did start, you were just put in the damn company. He also admitted that at first he was jealous about all of this before he realized that Jack Perry was an idiot. When Perry was like, all right, well, if you're going to say things about me, I'm going to say things about you. Because even though I see all these kids out here with their Darby Allin face paint, if only they knew what you were like behind the scenes, they would know you're a bit of a dick. He also never even wanted to be a wrestler because he was a failed skateboarder who just changed his mind. I was a bit like, is that really an insult? Just me, he did turn his attention to sports entertainment and he was so good at it, he got signed. The best part was that Guevara was just chilling in the corner during all of this. And all of a sudden, Jungle Boy turned to him and said, listen, you were a dirtbag. <laughs> you may be a good wrestler, but I also think that you're scum. Sam then retaliated by saying, oh yeah, Jack, well, I think you and MGF are kind of the same person because you were fast-roading into the company, whereas me and Darbs over here, we had to risk it all. So essentially, ironically, we're better than you. They then all claimed about why they should have the next World Championship match, which is when, of course, out came MJF. And the first thing he said was, here we are in Pittsburgh, and you're all a bunch of schmerals because you like Britt Baker. MJ had also talked to Tony Khan and come up with an idea, because we are going to have a Pillars tournament. And at first I thought, is that some kind of architecture game show? But no. We're going to take these three guys and we're going to pit them off against each other. Now, I'm still convinced that this is going to end in a 4 way, but because we do have so much time before the pay-per-view, we are just playing with the structure here. And yes, it is going to be Jungle Boy versus Sammy Guevara tonight. And Darby Allen is going to get a bye because MJF had a hat here and he let it decide. I also realized what I just said. I don't mean a hat was making the decisions. He was pulling the names out of the hat. It wasn't like this. I think we should do a pillars tournament. Because so say I, the magical hat. That was weird. However, this was good. And I massively appreciated the fact that we are still focusing on these four guys. And some people on the internet are like, oh, I don't think the crowd is very loud for this. Actually, to me, it just came across they were listening quite intently. Because everybody had something they want to say. So again, we now do have our main event confirmed. But if it's not a four-way at double or nothing, I'll eat the magical hat up. Which is when the Outcast storyline continued... There's still no Miss Jackson. There's also Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker taking on Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. <laughs> and did we go in here. Because the first thing we saw is Soraya find Britt Baker's family in the crowd. She was basically spray painting them. Shouldn't be a sentence. This was massively important too because we were telling some stories here, and of course, at one point, Britt got the hot tag, and because we were in her hometown, everybody just went damn crazy. She also saw Tony Storm and tried to apply the lockjaw, but Storm was like, no, and instead she hit a German suplex, the gate, S. and Bruder, and all of a sudden, it was just move, 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 move. We had the air raid crash, we had the hate breaker, we had sweet chick music, all of a sudden, Sarai was using the belt, which resulted in a massively close near fall. Plus, we had the storm zero when all of a sudden ruby soho and jamie hater were fighting on the outside like all the bad guys were targeting jamie here and they did indeed work on her shoulder now at first it was like well you would do this as a wrestling match we have to have some kind of violence but by the end of it we had made it clear that she was definitely injured. Rut row. Now, it didn't affect the match in the sense that even though Britt Baker hit the curb stomp on Ruby Soho and she kicked out too, she then instantly applied the lockjaw to get the victory, which is what we should do because, again, it is the place where she was born. But who was helped to the back by local medical facility professionals afterwards? was our champion now this is all gonna tie in later as this angle gets really good and I knew in my tum tum it was headed in a fantastic direction so now I feel all smug and proud of myself even though I didn't do anything it is getting it up. Which is when we were backstage with Wardlow, who was getting ready for his TNT title match later. This was cool though, because Wardlow knew that Powerhouse Hobbs had been getting advice from QT Martial, and given that back in the day, he had also got advice from one Four Horseman, he had now gone out to another Four Horseman, and then walked on Anderson. So of course, he's going to be in his corner for tonight, and I don't know whether this is going to be a long-term thing, but when I talk to the Finger of Power, I totally agree, my friend. It should absolutely be a long-term thing. More on this later. Because before that, here came the Elite. Oh, boy. Now, I felt like we needed some kind of big promo from them for weeks. So all of a sudden, bam, whoop, there it is. So once again, I was feeling proud of myself. And yeah, Kenny Omega got on the microphone. He's like, look, we respect the Blackpool Combat Club. They are four of the best wrestlers on the planet. But not only did they put all of us in the hospital, they tried to kill Don Callis. We will not stand for this. Kevin then wanted the BCC to get their butts out here, which is when Brian Danielson appeared on the big screen. And you know this weirdo's new big deal. was all like, oh man, you're all a bunch of amateurs, and I really like screwdrivers. It turns out this was just a massive distraction by the American Dragon, because all of a sudden John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta appeared behind the Elite. And then somebody must have shouted, hey, you should have a big brawl. Flub me, they had a big roar. It was truly insane as well because people were being thrown over Barry Baffergate because they do have respect. And Matt Jackson was just hitting all these Northern Light suplexes. And all of a sudden, the tide turned. And it was the Blackball Combat Club getting the other hand. I mean, we were using championships and doing power bombs. And at one point, Mox even hit Omega with the Death Rider. So he went on the ride of death. Don Callis then ran out, but I'm not sure what he was trying to achieve. Because even though he had a chair, he stopped halfway and was like, this isn't going to work at all. I'm getting out of here. Danielson then revealed he actually was in the building. And yes, he had that damn screwdriver. And he was going to kill everyone. Even though beforehand he was like, look Kenny, I do respect you as a professional wrestler. But I'm still going to stab you in the face. Which is when Don returned and this time he did have help. And it was none other than Doink the Clown. Not not Doink the Clown, it was Takeshita. It was Takeshita. For some reason, this one man was enough to scare off the BCC because all of a sudden him and Omega did chase them away. But I tell you, I am so damn pumped for all of this, especially because there was a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge here. I don't entirely trust this Don Callis. You know, he is a carny piece of jib, as has been said many a times. So is Takeshita going to join the Blackpool Combat Club? I think he may be about to. This would make sense as well, because do you know then who could be the fourth guy in the elite? That's right. It would be Hangman Adam Page. So this is a good bit of business, baby. I am locked and loaded in. I'm giving it up. When it was time for two big men to slap meat. All right. It was also known as Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT title. And honestly, they just kicked the crap out of each other. Kind of fell down at one point because it was so damn hard hit. On Anderson was with Wardlow and QT Martial and his crew were out with Powerhouse. Even though Wardlow's plan was, <laughs> I'm going to rush the champion. Hobbs just grabbed him and suplexed him for days. I mean, by the time he was finished, I think it was Saturday. They then spilled out of the ring and were fighting all over the place, including Ward hitting this senton from the top. When they were just smacking each other with these lariats, I think they may have forgotten what professional wrestling is. It was a challenger who prevailed because he was able to take the champ off his feet when Harley Cameron just freaked out. She jumped on the apron and she started casting distraction. Anderson was trying to stop that and no wrestling referee is ever going to be able to handle it because it's too much when all of a sudden QT Martial was here and he dropped Wardlow with a diamond cutter. This thing got totally out of control though because QT was still in the ring when Arn Anderson got in there and he did that thing he loves to do, which is, I'm going to pretend to shoot you because he got his handgun and bless QT, he sold this like it was real. He also legged it when all of a sudden Pentagon appeared. He super kicked Martial who went back in the ring, which is when Aunt Anderson hit the spine buster. So this was just over the top wonderful madness, which is went from nowhere... Hobbs tried to win with the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment. The surprise roll-up. I mean, can you imagine? World didn't care about that at all, though, because he popped back to his feet and he started popping out some power bombs. When he set up powerhouse Will Hobbs for the last one, he gave it to him. And yeah, he pinned him for the uno, dos, tres. Brand new TNT champion. Now, I do like this because that belt is meant to be a TV championship, so you should change it on television. But I do admit Hobbs' reign has felt a little bit fuddy-duddy. But I can't lie, I still enjoyed this. It still made me do the dance of joy. Just enjoyed seeing it on my TV. There's that word again. I'm giving it up. The best part, too, is that we do have plans going forward as well, because as soon as this was over, I mean literally instantly, Christian Cage's music hit. He came out with Luchasaurus. And everybody looked at everybody else. I was like, wait a minute. Are we going to do Wardlow versus the dinosaur? You can sign me up for that right now. I really do hope there is a plan for Hobbs, though, because he is cooked and ready to go. But everybody involved in this makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Sometimes that's all you need. Life
2: is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry?
0: a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash WhatCulture today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp dot com slash WhatCulture. What if a
1: cat was then getting ready to interview Sammy Guevara? My word. Because before he could do much of anything, MGF interrupted. I'm pretty sure he said something like, You're Gene Simmons on meth because you keep sticking your tongue out. I was like, ah, here we go. Essentially though, Max wanted to pay off Sam so they could get to double or nothing together. When Guevara would just lay down, Sammy was like, no, I'm not doing that. I want to be a proper champion. But this is when Friedman handed him a blank check. Sammy Guevara wrote something down. Randy Paquette was like, that's ridiculous. But they kind of agreed here, and now it feels like there's some sort of alliance. It did make all of this more intriguing, and while deep down in my Tootsie Toes, I was like, well, of course, Sammy will eventually turn on MGF, but there'll be a bunch of shenanigans along the way, meaning we can do the four-way. This was just good in the middle of your Dynamite show stuff. It kept your brain engaged. Mini round of applause. Which is when Jay White debuted properly on Dynamite. (laughs) i love this guy he was also taken on commander who did do less rope walking during this match but he still did some and i will never get over it like anytime he does it especially when he does a crazy flip at the end of it it is two plus two equals potato now on pro wrestling teas, because it doesn't make any sense i mean one how did he practice this how does he do it so damn successfully every time? We also had Sean Spears watching off through all of this. And he kept rating Jay White's performance with the whole 10 gimmick. So that must be coming back. And also, Jay was all like, oh man, I'm a good guy here. Lake, shake hands, Commander. And he just popped him right in the face. Commander just hit his speed button though. And he was doing all these springboards and these somersaults. I was like this. Not because I was having some kind of problem, but I'm just astounded by this guy. It's like he's from the wrestling movie. So he basically spent the whole time kind of cheating and taking all of these cheap shots, which is when Commander did his big old ring walk spinny thing, 9000 doodah, but he still wasn't able to get the pin. But one of these near falls, my word, I actually thought AEW had Jay White lose on his debut. If that had happened, I would have taken my hat and I would have thrown it on the floor. Now I gotta go pick it up. Eventually White had enough though, and he hit his cutthroat suplex into the Blade Runner, and he got the one, two, three. And as I keep saying, I don't mind him hanging around here for the time being, but you gotta get him in the main event picture soon. That's where this guy flies. Up. Deuce Robinson must have been watching as well, because he did not appreciate what Spears had been doing throughout all of this. Which was kind of fair, he was reviewing his friend and telling him that he sucked. So they pulled him over Barry Barricade, they beat him up, out came Ricky Starks, he made the save. And now we can do this tag team match as we do due to the pay-per-view. I have no problem with any of this. And I look forward to see what happens with Bullet Club Gold. Or could it become <laughs> Bullet Club Gold Berg? <laughs> I'm only kidding, but you never know. Renee McKitt was then doing more interviews after this. She had her working shoes on. But she was about to say something to FTR when all of a sudden it turned out Mark Briscoe had been attacked by the varsity athletes, so Cash and Dax ran to see how their friend was getting on when they found him with Jay Lethal and his crew. Mark Briscoe still wanted to fight, but the doctor was like, no, you can't, you've been beaten up, you absolute moron, when Briscoe had an idea. He was like, well, if I can't take revenge, you guys can, so FTR, you can team up with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and you can all go out there and do a match. You can imagine their reaction to this, they're like, I don't want to work with him, but because they all like Mark, they're going to do it. So I have no idea where this is going either, but it is a brand new story. And also, we just have gold with Mark Briscoe. He can tell you an entire narrative just based on his facial reactions. I am a big, big fan. Which is when Adam Cole and Chris Jericho had their big old face off. I thought this was really good. Because as ever, Adam Cole is now becoming the super duper good guy. And he was like, well, look who it is. Chris Jericho, a man who helped me so much in my career. You were an inspiration. I basically stole a bunch of your moves. And now for the first time ever, we can look at each other in the eyes. And they actually shook hands. Jericho then jumped in and while it looked like he was going to do a big old loving as well, he actually said, well, no, I don't respect you at all, Mr. Cole. In fact, I think you're a bit of an arrogant prick. That really made me laugh, because he's such an arrogant goober himself. This is what Cole fired back with as well, because he was like, man, that is so hypocritical, because really the way you've been acting recently makes you a fickle, stupid idiot. I was like, wah he said Jericho's lying. So there's now going to be no more games between these two, and they did get right up in each other's grills. As Chris Jericho told Adam Cole, listen, I think you better leave, otherwise bad things are going to happen. And this was true, because all of a sudden Daniel Garcia was here, they beat up Adam Cole. Of all the people too, out came Britt Baker to assist her, man. And she slapped Jericho right across the face. But then this all went bad because the outcasts were here. And they started to beat the flub out of Britt. And what made it doubly more harrowing is that Daniel Garcia got some handcuffs and he handcuffed Cole to the bottom rope. It basically meant we went old school wrestling here because there was kendo sticks and all kind of bludgeonings going on to Baker as she screamed out for Austin, which is Adam Cole's real name. I was like, oh man, we are hitting the emotional strings here. It's getting me in the tum tum. I mean, doing stuff like this always blurs the line, and when you do get it right, it works. And afterwards, not only did the J.S. and the Outcasts have a big hug, but it was made very clear that we have some matches coming down the line especially Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho at Double or Nothing, I'll take it. Now, yes, I do get it. Where the hell was Sky Blue? And where the hell was Willow Nightingale? I understand why Jamie Hayter wasn't here, because we'd done the injury angle, which was very smart. But sometimes, this is what I do as a wrestling fan. I take it and I go, poop. I don't care, because I just thought this worked so well. It's also now turned the outcasts into super assholes, which is what they probably needed. So it's another round of applause. Up. We then had a video with Matt Hardy and his team who was like, listen, The Firm, you better keep an eye on your phones because soon you shall know the date of the final deletion. When well, we also learned that Jeff Hardy is going to speak on Rampage, so there's some star power for you. It also then led to a match that I forgot had been announced for Dynamite, but man, did I pop out of my socks because it was Matt Menard, Angelo Parker and Jake Hager taking on the acclaimed. The JS members just attacked Anthony Bowens when he was going to do his line because they are massive idiots. Although the good guys got back into this pretty quickly with scissor my timbers. Because of course scissoring is super powerful. Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange went into that though. So they basically like Jake Hagar you get in here and you beat everybody up. Which they did do. Which meant the hot tag of all the people went to daddy ass. I mean, 2023 is wild. Billy Gunn also absolutely kicked everybody's butt until he tried to do the famous Oren Hagar, who got out the way and just slammed him with this double leg. I tell you, I like this Jay Hagar. And as has been the theme of this episode of Ups and Downs, he's into his hats too. Evain got super good, because I kid you not, the former 2.0 tried to win when they used a loaded comb. That's right. I mean, what is a loaded comb? I have absolutely no idea. And obviously, I have no use to it. But Billy Gunn broke this. The acclaimed did all their moves. They just beat them. And these guys deserve some kind of award. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. And in terms of what I did expect, this was basically perfect. And it made me feel like everything was all right in the world. And I shouted out into the distance, man, do I love goofy wrestling for life. Up. Which did bring us to our main event, and what did I tell you? This four way is still on the cards. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. I don't book the show. There's also such a good piece of evidence about not doing silly finishes all the time, because this ended in a count out, and I sat there stunned going, A count out? We don't see count outs on AEW that's the whole point it was also of course jungle boy versus sammy guevara and it started off with a bunch of dives because it is 2023 wrestling when from nowhere they were just doing spanish flies i mean it took about 120 seconds before they did do this and fair play to both these human beings they treated this like a pay-per-view fight kind of incredible. But they also then got another Spanish fly off the ring apron into the floor and while I understand why Sammy did this because if you do anything off the ring apron it's such a hard service you're gonna be okay, I was still totally flat against it. they were trying to kill each other. We also saw MGF just going crazy for Sammy Guevara so that made me laugh and we saw Darby Allen in the rafters which always makes me go man this is a little bit of a weird guy. When we got this powerbomb on the apron this destroyer from the top rope and look what's happened again my hand goes into the face palm position because i just can't believe it jungle Jin then got dropped right on his head after a ddt when finally he started to fight back with a poison rana and this kind of hit reset on everything because they just started to slap each other and never forget that sounds like this <coughs> oh weird Perry then went for the snare trap but guevara was able to get to the ropes when jungle boy climbed to the top rope sam ran at him and truck kicked him through Timmy the Timekeeper's table. And honestly, you need to see this. Jungle Boy went flying. This is when we did tease that it was going to be a count out. But just when Jack Perry was about to get in the ring, Sammy Guevara took the referee, which is when MJF teleported in. He took the diamond ring. He punched Jungle right in the face, which is when the ref turned back around and just went... 10. i was like surely that can't be the rules but whatever he'd been counted out it also meant that Guevara and Friedman's plan has worked out as Sam and Max did celebrate in the ring this was terrific for two reasons one i was like oh my gosh they called Sam and Max which is one of the best point and click games ever but two they went way overboard with this i was laughing my ass off especially when you cut to derby who was like a disappointed dad Is that like, man these two are a bunch of idiots. But he can't really say much either, because if you go back to his earlier promo, Darby Allen was being a super heel as well. But I just enjoyed all of this. And of course, now we have to know what's going to happen between MJF and Guevara. I mean, we already know Sammy's going to screw Maxwell over. But that is just great. We'll get the four-way. I enjoyed all of this. Again, right down there, getting it up. I also am super happy that these four guys are basically propping up the show at the moment, because I want fresh blood and new talent all the time. And I know, it's another full house for AEW. Just think they're on a roll right now. Up. Now please do leave a comment below and let me know how much you hate my opinion. It's always good to read that and then like the video, share the video and subscribe. Plus there's some videos on the screen and just caress them with your hands and see what happens. You can also come say hello at WhatCulture WWE and Simon Miller 316 and we have a website known as WhatCulture.com. But as always, the main thing I want from you is just to enjoy your day, enjoy your wrestling, enjoy every single thing that you do, do. Because that's what life is all about. Simon Miller, out.